Welcome to What's New on the Scene. Today I'm chatting with Juliet. Would you like to introduce yourself and the origins of your music? Hi, yeah, I'm Juliet. I'm based in the Hunter Valley, like near Newcastle. Um, my origins, yeah, well, I'm kind of just, um, I've grown up with music and so I guess I'm just sort of trying to build like a following um I've got you know a, an album and a single out on Spotify and um thankfully now that lockdown's over I'm starting to get a few more gigs around the town so I'm hoping that that might yield a few more uh, a bit more interest in my work. Is there a particular moment that you can remember where you became interested in music and what instruments can you play? Oh, okay. So um, I've been, I grew up in a really musical family. So I've kind of always been around music my whole life. Um, so my, my mom's um, an eighth grade pianist and my dad absolutely shreds on the guitar. It's crazy. He's so good. Um, and then my sister also plays bass. Um, she hasn't really, she, she picked it up recently, like a few years ago, but um, yeah, so we always grew up in this like really musical household and I tried a lot of different instruments. Um, I, my first one was piano, but I kind of gave up when I had to start learning like how to, I couldn't, couldn't do both hands at once. That yeah. just wasn't a skill that I had. I mean, I was like, you know, I was like eight. So I, there's only so much that an eight-year-old is capable of, but like I was not a prodigy. Um, and then, so I gave up on piano um and then I think in year seven in music um it was like our task was to to perform a little piece on the guitar I think it was um zombie by the cranberries and that was we all just had to perform like 30 seconds of that and I think that moment actually just lit the competitive fires inside me and I was like I have to beat all of the all of the other kids in my class I cannot cannot accept that I've grown up in this environment and then there are people who have like grown up in you know households where no one can hold a note and they're gonna beat me so I went home and I like that day I was like Dad, you've got to teach me how to play guitar you have to like there's there's no other option and then yeah so then I started learning guitar um I'm still like pretty average I think that was like um six or seven years ago, I think. I can't do quick maths, but um, yeah, it was like, that was when I started and I've been slowly working on it ever since, but I've always kind of wanted to be a singer and I was always trying to get in on my dad's band as a kid, which I didn't really realize was never gonna happen because nobody wants an eight-year-old coming along to pub gigs. But yeah, I was always trying. So what is your creative process like and do you have any advice for new artists to improve their songwriting? Um, so I find that the times when I'm most creative are the times when I'm sort of not thinking much. Um, like when you're in, you know, the shower or you're driving or you're sitting there and drawing or things like that or just listening to other people's music. Um, those kind of like, actions where you're not really present in your like in your mind and you're not sort of having that kind of inner monologue going I think that's they're the moments that yield the most creativity because you're kind of like a blank space and then anything can pop in there 
So I think, yeah, my advice would be definitely like try and chase those moments of um, brainlessness because they really do invite um, a whole new host of um, really, really interesting things that just come out of nowhere. And I think also like for me, um, something that's been really helpful is just constantly leaving little like voice memos whenever I come up with something. Um, just like, even if it's just words or just like a melody, I just quickly like record it on my phone and then forget about it. And then that's a really nice thing to come back to whenever you're feeling like you're in that kind of creative headspace. You can always just scroll back on the voice memos on your phone and just like play a few things and see if anything that you have recorded over the past couple of weeks might actually work with whatever you want to create. Like, I think that was, that's really helped me is just going back through feeling like I want to write a song and then going back through and I have all of these resources that I can choose from um yeah so you don't have to start from nothing have you ever written a song and known straight away during the process that it had the potential to become a hit uh I think a few times yeah I've sort of as I was doing it I was like this is this is a bop this is the greatest song ever and then you know obviously the creative process kind of dulls that a little bit but I think specifically like the first song that I really sort of took notice of um of my own was like um and I haven't put it out on Spotify yet because I want to remaster it a little um it was called Magician and it was I sort of wrote it in the grips of like procrastination for the HSC and it just it had that it, like it felt like it had special quality that the other things that I'd written before didn't quite have and that was kind of a turning point where I sort of started to think that like maybe I could go somewhere with songwriting and try and try and do more with that so what has been your favorite release so far um release in terms of like the album or the singles or like specific track either I think yeah what's your favorite song that you've written yeah okay my favorite song is definitely Midas on um the album Midas Mm. um I think I just I had a lot of fun with it and I really liked just the ending was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed sort of layering in lots of different instruments and different vocal melodies as well. Um, and then taking them out and ending with just the single voice, um, just because I, I obviously love harmonies and it was just really nice to be able to do a harmony and then like build something really intense and then just strip it away and leave it like very, very quiet at the end. So that was, yeah, that's my favorite part. So who are the three most influential people in your life? Oh man, this is really hard. Um, I think like definitely my parents um, have been really influential in shaping like um, my my love for music and my skills to be able to do music. Um, I think a few of my uni lecturers as well have just sort of inspired me with like their kind of um their pursuit of creative like creative um escapades I think just because it's it's really inspiring to see somebody like resolutely um not just trying to achieve their dream but also like succeeding in whatever way you want to define success um so yeah I'd say my parents and a few uni lecturers here and there um 
yeah, I don't know. I have trouble with that one. So what are you most proud of in your career to date? I think my album. I think that was a big step for me. It was kind of um, the evolution of going from somebody who, you know, just posts a song, one song a year here and there on Facebook to like, you know, someone on Spotify that I can show other people having this kind of tangible thing that you can, when you say like, oh yeah, I play music, you can then go and here's my album. I think like people don't sort of take notice if you don't have that sort of, um, that thing that they can then go and interact with. So I'm really yeah, proud of the fact that now when people talk about, you know, what they do and if they can, you know, you say you're a musician, you can, I can actually just direct them to the album, which is really cool. How do you measure success and how do you go about achieving your dreams and aspirations? This is a really good question. Um, I think success, the hardest thing for me has been kind of trying to shift the goalposts for my idea of success. I think um, we kind of tend to measure success in terms of um, other people, people other than us, in terms of whether our, you know, our work or our product is getting um, like attention or validated by other people and all of this stuff. But I think something that I've been trying to do is to, to reevaluate that and to view success as kind of a an internal and personal thing so I think I have achieved success in that I've done you know something that I really wanted to do and it doesn't the fact that you know it's not internationally acclaimed and it's not attracting a massive audience I think I'm coming to terms with that as not invalidating the success of the album because I think like I succeeded in what I wanted to do, which was to create music that I like, that my friends can listen to and that I can show people. So yeah, uh, that's my idea of success. So what changes have you made since the pandemic and have these adjustments made you look at the future differently? Oh, pandemic's been rough. Um, so I had my first proper gig um, that was like through my agent, my first one, um, the day before the lockdown started. So we managed to get away with it. Yeah. It's like by coincidence, um, that it had been planned for the day before, uh, because it was a staff lockdown. So yeah, we had like one gig and it was this amazing night. So many of my friends showed up and just had drinks at this bar. And then, yeah, the next day we were into three-month lockdown and there was no gigs in sight. So that was a pretty bleak time. Um, but now things are starting to get better. I've got a few gigs coming up, which is really exciting. Um, one on Christmas Eve, which is really cool. So, yeah, I think I, we had to, I've had to make a few changes to, like, my plan and my schedule. I really wanted to have an, um, an album release party and I was looking at venues and stuff and making it a ticketed event. But um, yeah, it just happened that the lockdown, my album was released in the middle of the lockdown. It was released um, August 7th, which is also my birthday. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was um, kind of disheartening, uh, especially because, you know, there were like 
months and months went past before I saw any of my friends in person. And so I didn't really get, you know, kind of all the hype had faded by that point. So like, I haven't really had, you know, a lot of reactions to it in person. Like people sent me really nice messages, which was great, but um, yeah, it would have been cool to have like a little party where we could have, you know, <laughs> shown all the songs, showed all the songs and just like played through them and I don't know, danced and drank, had fun. But sadly, COVID had other plans. But I'm just hoping that it'll mean that I'll get to have a really, really big party for the next release. Yeah. So if you were to invite three musicians or celebrities to a dinner party, who would they be and why? Okay. Okay. Um, I think my first one would have to be Hosier, just because I, I like, his music resonates with me on like an absolute astral plane. It's amazing. Um, but I really admire like, how beautiful his lyrics are and the way that he just weaves poetry into music. And then it's this amazing, like beautiful conglomerate of just all of these like really intelligent and um, thoughtful ideas and sounds. It's so cool. So definitely Hosier. Um, I think I also really like Halsey. Um, She's got like kind of fire that I really admire. I think, um, yeah, there's something, there's a little spark in that kind of music that I would love to try and emulate. And then I was, I can't think of a third one. I'm maybe um, there's kind of a, a lesser known artist. His name's Cosmo Sheldrake. And he does kind of really alternative and indie kind of um, really cute, like, little melodies with all of these beautiful harmonies and really unusual instruments. I think um, he plays like 40 different instruments or something absolutely insane. So I think that would be a cool person to have a jam with just because somebody so versatile would be able to just absolutely smash out anything. It would be awesome. Uh, have there been moments in your career where you've been dealt some setbacks and how did you recover and rebuild? COVID was obviously the most, you know, the most um, glaring setback. Um, but also I had so many problems um, trying to get my album released. With uh, I, I, So I uploaded it to Ditto Music and they sent me like the release date and everything. And um, then <laughs> and they like... It, uh, a week, two weeks later after I'd started advertising with that release date, um, they sent me a message saying it had been rejected um, because there were like prolonged pauses in some of the tracks. And that was really tough because I had already sort of started to try and build hype and all of that. And um, then, you know, to be told that like, you know, the, the release date was moved back. Um, with no inclination of when it would be actually released. That was rough. I had to like retract all of my, um, like all of the advertising that I'd put up with the wrong date and all of that. That was so hard. Um, and then, then the new release date rolled around and that was, it was meant to be the 6th of August. And I was really excited. It was the day before my birthday. I'd been building up all this hope. I had like, a countdown to the day that it was released and then that day rolled around and it just didn't release um we were like I was sitting there you know 
checking every hour and it just wasn't out. Um, my friends were sending me all these messages like, hey, I thought your album was coming out today, but I can't find it. Where is it? Can you send me a link? And I had to be like, I don't know. Um, and obviously, like, the company that I use takes a long time to respond to emails. So even though I emailed them, like, quite early, I think it was, like, 7 in the morning when I sent the first one, it took them two weeks to respond to me. I had no idea like where my album was, when it was coming out, any of that info. Um, but it did come out the next day on my birthday. So that was kind of nice. It was, it was a good thing. It was a good mix because I had like, you know, I had birthday wishes and then like people, you know, commenting on the album and they were all really kind, which was awesome. So it, it kind of worked out okay. Um, you know, apologized and they said, sorry, we just had a, a problem with the distribution that's our bad <laughs> that was it um but yeah so that was tough so what are the three songs or albums that you've had on repeat recently oh okay so um always a wasteland baby by hosier um specifically like the the actual song wasteland baby i think is really just putting it on putting headphones in and listening to that song when it's like really dark and really late at night it's just an absolute experience it's so cool because you get all of the like layered sounds and they sound like they're all in different places around your room so it's really immersive um and then I've recently gotten really into like remixes so there's this um remix of Eleanor Rigby and it's got this just incredible orchestral section where it just like the chorus hits and it hits so hard and it's so cool so I've been making like a playlist of those kind of songs that like practically write books for you they're so good because it just you, you listen to songs like that and it just like creates this massive scene in your mind of like all of these epic battles and stuff like that so yeah definitely those two so what has been your favourite venue to play at and what is your dream venue for a show? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I've played, so I've only had two proper gigs um, recently and the first one was the Poor House in Maitland, which was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I'd love to be, I really like the kind of bar scene. Um, it'd be really nice to sort of, uh, socialize as well I think it was a it was a cool environment um so I really like that and then I played at um Tea Gardens Country Club and that was a lot smaller it was kind of in the day at lunchtime and uh but the people there were just really into it they were just so excited to be hearing live music that it made it just a really incredible experience they were all there and they were all just clapping at the end of every song and super enthused asking about our like social media and all of that stuff um as for dream venue I think I don't know if this is a venue so much but you know that my dream would just be like being one of those really early acts for Groove in the Mood that nobody goes <laughs> to I think that would just be so much fun to be able to open the festival but without the pressure of a lot of people like being there, a lot of drunk people who are like, who are you? You know, but the people who go really early in the mornings are like the people who really want to see the acts and the cheapskates who like spent so much money on their ticket, they're not <laughs> missing a second. So I think that'd be a fun crowd. 
Are there any artists that you would be interested in collaborating with and who have you been able to collaborate with in the past? Oh, I haven't really done a lot of collaboration. It's been really hard in lockdown. Um, and obviously I didn't exactly have like a name for myself, you know, before my release. So I'd really love to get into some collaboration. I think it's, that's where it's at. I really enjoy it. Um, if anyone's listening who wants to collaborate, please let me know. Um, yeah, so I had one of my friends play flute for me on one of my tracks, um, Siren. So I guess, yeah, that's that's one of the, the mini collaborations I did. But she, um, that's her only thing that she's done on Spotify, I think. I don't think she's done much um, independently. But uh, there was this... There's this guy, and I can't remember his name, he does these really amazing cello covers of, like, um, rock bands, like Panic at the Disco and all of that stuff. Not that it's a super rocky band. Um, but yeah, I think I love cello. I would just, that would be one of my amazing, my goals is one day to be good enough to have a collaboration with the cello man. <laughs> How do you decide on a set list for a gig? Um, I think... I try and go um, for a variety of old and new songs. I think it's kind of like it's sort of a taboo for oh, I'm mostly a cover band for gigs at the moment. I haven't really done an original gig like that would be amazing, but no. that's not where I'm at right now. Um, so when I when I try and pick the set list, I usually go for like a real mix between modern songs and the kind of pub classics that everybody knows because I think something that I've come to realize is that a really popular song is just as much of a you know a, a, a classic and a dancer as like the the ones that everybody knows from old times so I think yeah just keeping that balance is really cool. So what is your latest release and are there any more releases coming out soon? Okay, my last release was um, a few weeks ago. It was called Blue and it was just a single um, and it was something that I've been working on through lockdown just to try and keep my sanity. Um, and yeah, I, I'm hoping on releasing some new things in the near future. I think I'll, I think I'll aim for an album, another album next or maybe an EP. Um, yeah, I've got a few songs written. It's just a matter of sitting down and recording them properly and devoting that time to make sure they sound as good as they can. Are there any gigs that you have lined up for the next few months? Yes, there are. Hang on, I'll have to check my calendar. <laughs> um, so I have a gig at, yep, Stockton RSL from 2 to 5 p.m. on the 2nd of November. And then... Um, another one at Swansea RSL on the 6th um, from 7.30 to 10.30. And then um, one at the Bradford on the 13th from 8 to 11. And then Lakeside Village Tavern in Raymond Terrace on the 20th from 8 to 11. And then a few more throughout December. Um, one on the 18th from 8.30 to 11 at Singleton Diggers Club. And then, yeah, Christmas Eve at Windsor Castle in East Maitland. Or maybe Maitland, I can't remember. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It should be really fun. Um, I'm really keen, especially for Christmas Eve. I think that'll be a fun vibe. Um, it'll be cool to, to 
I'm hoping I might be able to get some of my, you know, friends and stuff to show up because I think that'd be really nice. Like Christmas is sort of for family, you know, it's a day for family generally, but Christmas Eve would be the perfect time to see all of your friends and, you know, show them how much you appreciate them. And what are some of your goals for the next year? Oh, okay. So I'm taking, uh, I will have just finished uni um, because this is my last um, couple weeks of classes. So I'm really hoping I'm going to take a gap year from um, uni and from work and just try and focus on music and hopefully put out another album and um, maybe try and get signed by a record label. I think that would be probably the next step for if I if I can if I manage to go anywhere with this um so yeah that's probably my goal uh, do you have a message for any new fans listening to your music and fans that will be coming to one of your upcoming gigs oh man um thank you thank you so much and I love you um it really means a lot to me when people like take notice and I can see it you know I'm obsessively like checking my little Spotify thing every day and it can tell me when people are listening to my music in real time so it's like it's such a little kick when I turn on the you know the Spotify for artists and I look and it says like two people listening right now that is such an incredible feeling and I love it so much just thinking that like there are people out there and I have no idea where or who they are and they're listening to my voice that is such a such an awesome feeling and I would love to to interact more with them is there one song recommendation for the podcast listeners to check out is this a song of mine or a song in general oh it can be either something <laughs> that they may not have heard of before oh okay um well song of mine I'd probably say well, I'm, I'm biased towards Midas because I really like that. But a lot of people have sort of um, told me that they their favorite is Garden Variety, which was the first song that I kind of wrote for this album. It's kind of um, playful and a little bit um, a little bit dark as well. So I, of mine, I'd recommend Garden Variety. And then um, of a song for a song that they may not have heard, I think, the Moss by Cosmo Sheldrake is such a cool song. It's got like um, really beautiful harmonies, layered vocals, and all of these um, interesting rhythms and instruments that maybe aren't super typical for the kind of music that we listen to at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really great song and it's a lot of fun, it's kind of nostalgic as well. It's got some like references to a lot of like nursery rhymes that we all heard as a kid. So I think, yeah, that's an excellent song. Oh, well, it's been great chatting with you today, Julia, and I look forward to the new album in the new year. Let's hope. And um, hopefully people get around your um, current album, which is Midas, and also the latest single, Blue. So keep listening to it on Spotify and let Juliet know that you're listening to the music and that you're actually enjoying it um also make sure that you come along to one of the upcoming gigs because there are lots happening 
Um, check out the other episodes that have been uploaded to Spotify. Also, check out the reviews on the website. The first issue of What's New on the Scene online magazine is out, so that's available to read on issue. So that's in the um, bio link. Yeah, we've been What's New on the Scene. See you next time.